Good evening from Plugkid Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with episode 521 of F5 Live, refreshing technology for February 24th, 2019. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, Nest is listening to your input. Epic Games is talking to a convention, and YouTube is changing what they show you. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on uh, social media, Facebook, um, Twitter, where else, since Google Plus is going away in like a month, uh, uh, Snapchat, Instagram, there we go, uh, through any of the podcatchers, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Podcast Play app in the Windows Store, the myriad of others, like uh, Spotify or TuneIn Radio, uh, or of course uh, on our website, plugkidslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Uh, like I said, this here is F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, the flagship show on the Plug Hits Live family of content. We are live Sunday nights at about 9 p.m. Eastern, and uh, there you can join us. Uh, you can join us live and chat with us in the studio by going to f5live.tv slash join us. Uh, uh, Mixer, Periscope, nope, Mixer, uh, Twitch, and YouTube are the best ways to chat with us this evening. Um, we always appreciate that. If you're not able to join us live, though, that is okay. Uh, you can always go to plugkitslive.com slash subscribe, and you can see all the shows, including Plug Hits Live, uh, or F5 Live, The Pilch Point, our special events feed, first looks, and a whole lot more. Wow, my brain is a little off tonight, apparently. Possibly because the music isn't working correctly. So let's just uh, kill that and say, Abram, uh, didn't get to talk to you last week. How have you been? Good, 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 good. Busy time at Tom's Hardware. Lots of cool stuff going on. Uh, you know, lots of new, lots of new product coming through. So, uh, so you know, keeping busy. <laughs> I can definitely appreciate that. I've got a, a stack of stuff around me to do reviews on myself. It's uh, the middle of February. Doesn't seem to be the the usual time that I get a stack of products for review, but here we are. Yeah, I'm looking forward to. I know I have in the mail to me. We're starting to review gaming chairs. Mm. That's a new. That's a new category for us. Awesome. And I know that the uh, Star Trek chair is coming to my office for us to test out. So we'll uh, we'll have to see how that is. The uh, it's the a rosy uh, Star Trek themed gaming chair. It's not actually the captain's chair, but it has Star Trek logos all over it. So so there's that. All right, I am literally looking that up right now because I've never heard of that, and uh, that's <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, is that is that like the thing that you're looking forward to to seeing in person right now? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing it at, at my office this week, hopefully. But you know, oh. obviously, uh, obviously, we're seeing more art Nvidia RTX powered systems coming in. Uh, more of the stuff from CES, hopefully, will be coming soon. So, uh, a lot of really neat things, of course. Yeah, um, I've been. I I think I've I've mentioned it. Uh, I've been working on a review. Well, a collection of reviews because it's actually like five or six products, um, all from Monster, um, their new Illuminescence uh, product line, which is. Uh, LED strips and light bulbs and stuff like that that all work together uh, with these teeny tiny little remotes, which are wonderful. And I've got, like, I'm looking at 
a stack of boxes next to me <laughs> of all the unboxings that I did a couple of weeks ago. So I'm I've been having a ball with that. <laughs> My uh the the office all around is just totally lit up. It's wonderful. Anyway, <laughs> oh the weird things we get to to interact with, right? Like a Star Trek gaming chair. It's pretty cool. I kind of and they've got a desk too, apparently. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, primarily, the desk piece is just like a Star Trek uh, padding mm-hmm. on top of the desk. Yeah. So the desk isn't as like super Star Trek as it could be. Right. But it still looks pretty nice. The desk would be cool if it was all like Lacarzi. That would be that would be fun instead of just the big logo yeah. on it. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Anyway, uh, we've got a lot to cover, so how about we get into some news? Cool. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new computer, a, uh, a laptop, a tablet, a, a a new phone, an Xbox One, either S or X, or any of the uh, new products that have been announced uh, so far by Microsoft over the last couple of hours, uh, one we will talk about in a little bit, the HoloLens 2, but also the Azure Connect hardware and um, a bunch of others are all available by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. I wasn't expecting to go to the link and have the pre-order already right <laughs> right there in front of me. Anyway, um, so it's, a, it's another time for for announcements of things, right? Because we've got Mobile World Congress going on, which is the reason why we've heard stuff from Microsoft on the, the HoloLens 2 and the, the Kinect uh, hardware and stuff like that. Uh, but we've also heard from a company uh, owned by Google, Nest, who announced an interesting new feature to one of their newer, in the grand scheme of things, one of their newer product lines, the the Nest Guard, which is a uh, home security hub under the Nest brand. And um, that device connects to a bunch of others and is kind of like the the security system. It's the thing that makes noise and uh, things like that uh, for a break-in and, you know, traditional security hub. Uh, Nest announced that it was going to be able to act as a Google Assistant. Which is a cool idea and something that certainly makes sense from a Google standpoint. Um, But the thing that was confusing was uh, the Nest Guard wasn't supposed to have a microphone in it. So how would you do that? Did did Google figure out some cool way to to capture audio or no? As it turns out, this device has had a microphone in it for the 15 months that it has been on the market. And uh, Nest just never disclosed that information to owners. Which, for a company like Google, who has been in the privacy crosshairs in particular the last couple of months, uh, not a revelation that has uh, 
has garnered a whole lot of happiness from customers. Google is my, uh, I, you know, I'm probably one of the last people to jump on the digital assistant bandwagon because I, because I have these privacy concerns. But if, a couple months ago, my wife bought the Google a Google Assistant, mm -hmm. and man, that thing is always listening. Uh huh. Uh, you know. Yep. And it it'll chime in at times you don't expect. <laughs> so, yeah, I actually have to. I have to go turn off. Um, there's a there's a Harman Kardon invoke within <laughs> within voice distance of where I'm sitting in the studio right now, and I I have to go mute her um, because sometimes so, or mute the microphone because sometimes she'll hear me during the show and chime in. Right. I mean that happens. All, it happens a lot with. Uh, so, you know, just taking this off a little on tangent, but we'll get there anyway. It's okay. Uh, I I hasten to admit it, but my son my son has a you know a cute nickname. We call him Poogle, and Google and the OK Google the 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 device thinks that his nickname is invoking invo his nickname uh -huh. invokes OK Google. Uh huh. So so I cannot tell you how many times we have accidentally triggered it, and sometimes gotten like a pretty massive response, <laughs> like 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 Friday. Uh, he had a friend over for a play date. His friend left, and I said to him, and I said to him something like, okay, Pukul, did you have fun? And, like, <laughs> we were in the other room, okay? The 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 oh, Google gosh. Assistant speaker is in the dining room, and we were in the living room, okay? We were at least, like, you know, 15 feet and two walls away. And, like, and still, it heard, and it, <laughs> And it said, and it said, oh, you want me? To, and it told, apparently, if you ask Google Assistant if, if it had fun, it tells you a joke. Huh. That's interesting. So it told us a joke. <laughs> I've had other times where he was, like, playing downstairs, and I was upstairs, and I called him, and I was like, you know, hey, Pukul, are you okay? Uh -huh. And, like, Google Assistant will hear me from, like, the other floor. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, how can I help you? So, in fact, my my son's uh, response to all this is, you should just call me. Don't call me by nicknames anymore. <laughs> that's a that's that's a pretty uh, like realistic solution to the problem for him. I like that. That's funny. Yeah. I uh, I, having you know, I've got a number of computers in the office, and when I'm editing, there was one. There was one interview from I think it was CES. I don't remember what what it was, but something about it kept triggering Cortana on one of the other computers. And I could I'm like, why does she keep talking to me? And I realized, oh, the interview is triggering her. That's yeah. That's always fun. But yeah, they're always listening and you know, you made well your wife made the conscious <laughs> decision uh, to bring that microphone into the house, but people with a, a Nest Guard did not did necessarily not. Yeah. decide, you know, because there could definitely be people who who bought this who would not own uh, Google Home uh, or any of the assistant devices for that reason. And, oh, it turns out there's been a microphone in this the whole time, a, 
that's certainly going to uh, stoke the conspiracy theories in their mind that prevent them from getting an assistant in the first place. And uh, B, maybe that's uh, not wrong. It, it, uh, it It's definitely a strange thing to include a microphone in this and then just not talk about it. At least if you put it on the package, microphone for future features, because of course, of in reality, of course, the guard has a microphone in it because at some point, you know that their plan was to put a, uh, a glass break feature into this thing, which would mean that it had to have a microphone on it. Mm. So, I mean, it's weird that it didn't ship with the glass break sensor because everybody, you know, all of these things have it. So, of course, it has a microphone in it because there's no way they weren't going to add glass break to it. And that's the only way to mm. do it. But yeah. to... To be told, hey, you know that thing that you're kind of scared of? We're adding it to this device. And, oh, by the way, this connected device you've got has had a microphone in it the whole time. Oh. De- definitely unfortunate. Um, the response hasn't been great. And, in addition, there's also the issue that um, that not including it on the packaging or not disclosing that there was a microphone could potentially set them up for legal trouble um, because if anybody can prove that the microphone was ever turned on, especially in the EU, it could be classified as a spy device, which is no good. Yeah, I think that's a real a real issue. I mean, remember that Amazon says that they don't record you, they don't record you, but then they also said that they, were fighting a subpoena to turn over the records of what had been recorded. Uh-huh. So how could they a, have a record if they don't do it? During a, a, a murder investigation. Right. So how yeah. could they have a record if they don't do it? Yeah, exactly. I, so, you know, the, the public face of the thing is not necessarily the reality of the thing, I guess, is the the takeaway there. It's it's definitely weird. Um it's not doing a lot uh, of positive for uh, Google's image, which is already a little dinged up when it comes to privacy in general. So uh, maybe not a feature that they should have uh, <laughs> should have announced so casually. I don't know. I'm waiting for these assistants to become more involved in your family drama. <laughs> like... Think about it. If they're always listening, then they know everything that you promised to do. Uh-huh. Yep. You know, so anytime you get into a fight with your with your spouse or your child and you're like, but, you know, that's not what you said. You That's not what I said. Well, let's go to the video. Let's go to the audio playback. Yeah. Alexa, what did he really say? Yeah. And then play it back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. That there's there's no way there's not an Alexa skill out there for that. Yeah, <laughs> you'd probably have to actively tell it to start recording, but it yeah. feels like there's almost no way there's not an Alexa skill for that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Anyway, um, this will be a fun story to follow because I feel like there's no way that the the privacy watchers in the EU possibly let them get away with this this is gonna 
this is going to end badly. And they just got a huge fine from the EU uh, privacy, whatever it's called. So they're getting to be on a first name basis. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by Newegg. Whether you're building a new computer or upgrading an existing one, um, Newegg has all the parts and pieces to make that easy for you. Whether you're looking for uh, hard drives and RAM, power supplies, cases, or even full-built systems, new monitors and TVs, Newegg's got it all. And they do daily deals. Um, right now, I'm looking at a hard drive couple hard drives and a mouse and a TV all on special right now and they change every day so uh, definitely check out when you're looking for parts check out the daily deals to see if they've got something for you and uh, the best way to do that and to find out all of the products that they offer is by going to pilchpoint.live slash new oh wish I knew why the music wasn't loud enough for you guys who are watching live anyway uh <laughs> So, Abram, it's it's Mobile World Congress time. We're seeing some new stuff announced, and uh, and Microsoft did not disappoint. Yeah, no doubt. It's uh, it's a, you know Hololens two. Yeah. Uh, announced, I guess today. Uh, Hololens, uh, depending on what time zone you're in, uh-huh. announced today. Uh, <laughs> So uh, really exciting. The new Hololens 2 coming out, it's going to be – it's going to have double the field of view. Yay. Which means – which was the biggest limitation on the original one was that you would look through it and it was – you could sort of tell like, okay, here's the amount of augmented reality I can see. Mm-hmm. And that – but the area in my peripheral vision and like slightly higher and lower than that uh, are, weren't, weren't covered. So uh, doubling it. Uh, hopefully means a uh, a closer to completely immersive experience, uh, and you know what an experience the original Hololens was. Right. This one, of course, is going to be going to be lighter. It's going to come with uh, it's going to come with some new uh, some new software out of the box. It will integrate a Hololens a Hololens Azure service that will. Uh, that will allow it. That will give it a lot more, uh, a lot more flexibility for programming. And then, uh, you know, the price of it though is going to put it a bit out of reach mm-hmm. of anyone. But businesses that really have deep pockets to spend on, to spend on these, because it's going to be thirty five hundred dollars, which I believe is what the original one costs anyway. Yes. So is, is that right? Yes. Yeah, so so the price point is staying in the range that the original one was. So okay, no, nothing's really changed there. But things like uh, you know the Dynamics 365 capability um, for AR, which uh, by the way is officially available not just for the the Hololens but also for smartphones. So you can now use that capability across all three platforms, which I think is a really cool. Uh, capability so you can do the AR all of the all of the things that we we heard about at the first at the launch of the first HoloLens right was all about like how 
you could do instructions and stuff like that uh, and, you know, grab this tool. Yes, that's the right one. Now do this with the tool and, you know, all that kind of thing. What we saw at Collision this year with uh, being able to have a, a professional piano instructor instruct you through the HoloLens will also be available uh, maybe not that platform, but that capability is uh, smartphone capable as well. Um, all with this new Dynamics 365 uh, uh, remote assistance holographic stuff, which I think is is really cool. You know, Microsoft is saying this hardware is the most immersive way to do it, but it's not the only way to do it, which I think is kind of a cool thing. Um, and then they've also got uh, the, the the Azure stuff, which they announced, which... I think is is really great. One of the from a programmer standpoint, one of the things that was hardest to deal with was the idea of being able to pin a thing to a place in real world space. And this new Azure uh, SDK actually deals with that for you. So, yay. Oh, now I can't hear you. Sorry, what I'm really looking forward to is uh the is being able to do more immersive conference calls. I know that's been something that's been touted for a while. Where do you see that going? Do you think, do you think that's closer? Um, I, it, you know, it, it's really going to come down to, to the, the software capabilities, right? I, I, I imagine that that ability existed on the first gen and just, nobody ever did anything with it it's one of those things that like better batteries for smartphones that gets talked about all the time and nothing ever seems to actually come of the talk yeah i mean they kept showing demos you know situations where people would like meet in a sort of semi-virtual space it would almost be like uh you know i guess what i guess what i would want it to be like is almost like uh if you watch star trek discovery the uh the hollow, uh, sort of the hollow calls they make with people where the person just kind of shows up in their, uh, in the middle of their ship and like has a 3d, uh, a 3d view of that person. Well, what if you're wearing a HoloLens and, you know, whoever you were talking to sort of augmented appeared on top of your, you know, in your conference room or whatever. Right. Yeah. That's, it's, it's definitely an interesting uh, an interesting concept that that, like you said, is is uh, an established an established idea in uh, sci-fi, which is a good starting point <laughs> because we know you know once once a concept is established in sci-fi, especially if it comes from the Star Trek world, you're way more likely to see it actually. <laughs> come to yeah. fruition how many times did roddenberry get it right i mean even the the doors we see at grocery stores today <laughs> uh yeah but the doors at the grocery store don't make the right sound indeed the, it's definitely the wrong the wrong doesn't noise make, doesn't make the noise but uh <laughs> that whoosh definitely was yes. a big part of it <laughs> yes but uh but i hear yeah i mean that I, I'm looking for ways to have more immersive, uh, more immersive calls with people uh, via Hololens. Of course, I have to say, and just to show this, show this here, <laughs> I happen to be wearing my Hololens 
Uh, and I did not put this on thinking of talking about it, but um, my HoloLens sweatshirt. Uh, this is one of the nicer, one of the few things that I've gotten at a uh, piece of clothing that I've gotten at a press event where I actually have used it a lot mm-hmm. um, because it's very comfortable. Now, I got this at a build event. It must have been, it was the first year that HoloLens was coming out. Okay. So how many years ago was that? It was a long time. Yeah, it has been. Uh, I don't remember when. I don't remember when the original one was was announced. Uh, it's been a long time, that's for sure. It definitely has. Uh, the first one shipped March thirtieth, twenty sixteen. So. Uh, no, this is way before that. Yeah, that, that's just when the first one shipped. They must have, they must have announced it. They announced it at that that um, surface event, which would have had to have been at least twenty fifteen. It was at least twenty fifteen when I saw this. So anyway, I remember I remember going and they had two kinds of Hololens uh, demo. They had one which was for journalists where they would give you like a whole bunch of little scenarios like you could walk on the moon or something like that. And then they had one that was for developers where they would give them like a two hour seminar about like how to build apps for how to build apps for this thing that isn't even out yet. And and I sat in the app developer demo for two hours, which I thought was really cool because. They went over what it can and can't do. Uh-huh. And um, so I was really amazed at just the quality of the immersive quality of the of the video, how you could put virtual objects on top of a table and pick them up and take them off. The spatial audio that things could look closer or farther here, sound closer or farther from you. Uh-huh. Uh, it had it had a lot going for it. So, you know. To think that that's what it was before it came out, uh, and the only thing that I had a problem with, with it, was the field of view, uh, and so I've been waiting all these years for them to get to a point where this becomes something that a regular human can afford. Right. And they're not there yet, and the the mixed reality headsets that they have Acer and Lenovo and HP making and ASUS making are not are not very impressive at all. Right. They're First of all, they're not mixed reality. They're VR. They don't they don't give you any type of overlay on top of actual reality. Uh, so they're completely different from HoloLens. And they're just not very good, even at what they do. Uh, but HoloLens is the best AR thing that I've ever used. Uh-huh. So I would, I would really, really like to see it get to a point where it wasn't just for a handful of people. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, you know, you and I have talked a number of times about, you know, doing HoloLens content, and our biggest challenge was getting our hands on one. Yeah, it's, it, I mean... Because it, the idea of $3,500 to produ- yeah. to produce some content just wasn't I realistic. Even, I haven't even been able in, in several years to get Microsoft to send us one to try. Uh, I mean, to try independently of the few demos that we've got, we're right. going to be in their, in their presence and try it. Right. Uh, 
But, I mean, I also think HoloLens is one of the more, they say it's getting more comfortable, but it was actually one of the more practical to wear uh, things. I mean, you wouldn't wear it all around all day, but, uh, you know, it was actually fairly comfortable and fairly attractive Mm -hmm. for, for, for an AR headset. And the so, and the new one they've they've re uh, distributed where the computer itself is. It looks like from the the photos that I've seen, it looks like a lot of the computing is done in the back of the head, versus putting all of the weight on the temples where the last one yeah. put a lot of its weight, which is a way better idea. But I'm I'm totally with you. The first one, you know, I've I've got one in my possession. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, now that it's at okay, the I'm end of its, <laughs> you're always welcome to now that it's at the end of its life, I've got one in its possession and my possession. Um, and you're, you're right. It's definitely, it's definitely comfortable. It's not, you know, the lightweight device that, you know, Google glass was, but it's also not the same thing. Like <laughs> its intention is very different from what Google yeah. was trying to do with their hardware. So, you know, I look forward to seeing what all of this stuff does you know together um you know the dynamics 365 the azure stuff uh all working together i can't wait to see this and i'm gonna try and try and convince uh the our sister company to uh to grab hold of one of these uh one of the things that that they're doing with this that they did not do with the first gen is when you when you sign up for that Dynamics 365, um, part of the the AR license is a is a Hololens too. It's I mean it's 150 bucks a month, um, but you know 150 bucks a month versus 3,500 dollars up front. You know there's a yeah. there's a difference there, no. and then you also get that that Dynamics 365, uh, you know uh, guides and all of that stuff on top of it. So you know that that gives you the ability to get a hold of one without having to uh spend the $3500 in a single yeah. check so you know that's that's not bad <laughs> now i know that that you guys have some content on this already right yes yeah, so we have uh we have our article about the Hollands 2 announcement on tomsharbor.com we also have a number of reviews of things that you can buy right now that while not quite as exciting as the HoloLens 2 do give you some AR experience. Uh, for example, I, I encourage folks to check out our review of the Views Explained Smart Glasses, which offer pretty good, pretty good experience for for what they do. For sure. Um, and just to to uh, to seal this up, April thirtieth, twenty fifteen was the uh, was the event you were at. <laughs> I'm looking at the uh, the hosts uh, right up. I don't think I don't think I was at the that event. It was like the build conference that was after that's, that. So it was like a that's, m- month and a half later. Or that's something. what I'm talking about. The April 30th, 2015, <clears throat> build 2015. A closer look yeah. at the Microsoft Hololens. I, yeah, I'm looking at the the host of that panel's uh, summary of the the panel that you were at. <laughs> I can't. I, I don't have to remember anything because the internet does. <laughs> yes, indeed. For better or worse, right? <laughs> the internet remembers. Anyway, uh, as always, Avram, definitely appreciate it. And uh, when one of us gets our hands on a second gen, we're gonna have to 
figure out how to both play with it. <laughs> if I get my hands out, I'll bring it on the show. Mind you, mind you, no one will be able to see what I'm seeing, but I'll still tell you how awesome it is. Like, yeah, look what I'm seeing right now. Now people will be able to see it. There's a there's a an app where you can actually take what's in the HoloLens and push it to your screen. So we could actually screen share what you were seeing. Oh, cool. I, did, I thought you had to do that special thing where you put the camera in front of it, which is a pain in the butt. Nope. There is a, there is a Windows 10 app um, called Windows Mixed Reality Viewer or something like that, where you can connect to the HoloLens and just screen mirror what you're seeing, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> Anyway, so, yes, if you get a hold of one, bring it on the show. We will absolutely get to see what you're seeing. week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. All the accessories you need to up your game on both PC and console are available from Razer. Whether you're looking for a keyboard and a mouse, or a webcam with chroma, uh, or you're looking for a whole system like the Razer Blade Pro, um, we've got them all. And right now there are some deals on the, the Huntsman Elite, it looks like. Um, some deals on some of the laptops and to see those deals and uh, all of the products you can go to f5live.tv slash razor all right um so obviously we know that when a a product service franchise something uh gains enough traction you start seeing people try to piggyback on it and we know that Fortnite is one of those products it's it's become such a part of the culture that not just Avram and I but um, basically everybody hears about the brand on a fairly regular basis it makes it to the local news it's everywhere and there's no way to avoid it and so when something like that happens bigger people try to piggyback on the brand and that's what happened in the UK last week with an event called Fortnite Live Norwick. Now, it's important to note that this event had nothing to do with Epic Games or Fortnite. It was a uh, it was an independently uh, organized event that just happened to use the logo, which we'll leave the legality of that aside. That's not the topic of conversation here. Uh, the, the event promised uh, themed attractions. Things that were from the game that you could then experience in the real world. Uh, caves and uh, rock climbing and archery and all kinds of things that were part of the game. Uh, and also real world. Obviously, there are things that are in the real world. Um, just brought together under a themed event. Uh, obviously, it, it cost to get in. And uh, so people bought tickets. And um, let's say we're disappointed. Let's... <laughs> underwhelmed uh massive failure that's the phrase i was looking for um in fact it might sound if you've seen either of the documentaries about the fire festival either on netflix or hulu some of this stuff might sound familiar 
It didn't quite go Lord of the Flies like Fire Festival did, but I imagine if the event had been more than a couple of hours, it definitely would have. Because it seems, like the guys from Fire, that they did not plan for the possibility that people would show up. And so when 2,500 people attended this event, they were in line to buy a ticket for two hours. They, when they got inside, the archery stand could only handle four kids at a time. Um, so lines were ridiculous. Most people only got to see, got to interact with maybe two attractions the entire time they were there. Um, and you would think it's supposed to be a themed event. You would think that at least while you were dealing with lines and all of that, there'd be things happening around you, but you'd be wrong. The staff were not even in costume. There was nothing themed about it at all. So obviously parents were unhappy because it was a a total nonsense event. Um, and some people tried to get their money back. Uh, obviously at a certain point they stopped doing that because of the number of requests. Uh, or because people just didn't want to stand in another really long line to get their money back. So... Uh, Parents obviously are suing. There's gonna, there'll be a, what I imagine will be a pretty large uh, suit against this organization from a class of parents, but also from Epic. Epic has uh, filed suit in uh, court in London uh, for a number of reasons. Obviously, the the trademark infringement to begin with, but the fact that this has been so damaging to to their reputation despite having nothing to do with it. Uh, so, yikes. <laughs> Wouldn't you think... I mean, the documentaries are everywhere. Wouldn't you think that that after well, seeing the Fire Festival stuff, that you'd go, all right, maybe this isn't the way to go anymore? <laughs> well, wait a, wait a second here. I mean, <laughs> how much were people paying for this? I can't get a dollar figure off of it. I mean, it wasn't like they were spending... This is only a one-day event. Right? Yeah, this so was a like... this was a very small like convention style, like going to going to a, a Renaissance festival kind of a kind of a thing. So so lame, but not like you ended up in a in a uh, wet tent with no way off the island. True, thank goodness. And not like people went and people went there because it had to do with Fortnite, which is at least makes more sense than going to something yeah. because you heard Kylie Jenner Instagram about it or whatever, or, with, or whoever it was with just a, a blank solid colored square. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> best so, social know, media marketing campaign in history. Yeah. I mean, you have to think that, that the people <laughs> who did the actual fire festival were really good at generating buzz. Yeah basically selling something selling nothing for something the good news uh, is they're going to do a second one a second fire festival uh -huh. i'm not kidding i know it sounds like a joke but it's not <laughs> doesn't matter that's not what we're talking about but that All wasn't right, a, i'll have to look that up but that wasn't a joke because i'm shocked but anyway <laughs> the uh but yes okay people will put on stuff that's a little a little uh janky a little weird <laughs> uh and not and not uh like it should yeah but, uh you know i guess the question is first of all i feel like we've already when are, at what point are we going to reach peak Fortnite? 
I'm I, I'm still sh- shocked at I, how I think popular it's, it is. I th- I think we've hit it officially, um, honestly, uh, because um, what was it last week? Um, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but the the 99 player Tetris game whose name I can't remember uh, had more social media impressions than Fortnite, which was a big deal. Yeah, I so. I don't. I know Fortnite is trying to become a social network kind of at this point too, right? I think so, so yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm I, not a huge Fortnite fan, which I know is terrible to say, but I think there's, I think there's going to be, I, you just know that Fortnite is going to be one of those things that's on, that's on a VH1 nostalgia show really soon. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I love the what would you be? I love the tens or, or whatever. Something. Yeah, remember and everybody was playing Fortnite. I, I am. I just started watching a show uh, from from Marvel, uh, The Gifted, and one of the kids on there keeps talking about playing League of Legends, and huh. and it made me laugh because it's from this season, and I'm like, wow, what a this must have been written a couple of, a couple of years ago because. I don't think anybody does that anymore. If you wanted to attract the right, like if you wanted to sound legit, you would have said that you were playing Fortnite. Because the kid's 15. He's right in that right in that market. League of Legends was such a weird choice. Anyway, but yeah, like it, like, uh, like looking back on, on old Survivor episodes and them talking about join us on MySpace. And you're like, oh, I forgot about that. That's... <laughs> It'll be it'll be that probably very soon. Yeah, so. I don't know. I mean, I'm just not sold on the staying power of it. I think yeah, they're I don't. good to they're good to uh, you know to enjoy it while they can. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not World of Warcraft. It's not gonna it's not gonna be you know a 15 year success cycle. But you're right. They definitely caught it. At its height, you know, they're they're running this. They ran this event at the right time. They just didn't know what they were doing. So you know, it is what it now, is. Now, since we're talking events, I just want to throw in a pitch, not not for myself, <laughs> uh, but for Raspberry Pi Jam, <laughs> Ras- Raspberry Jam, which is an event that it, in a, a series of events that's held all over the world next weekend, March second and third to celebrate the seventh birthday of the world's greatest computer, the Raspberry Pi. Uh, and these events, many of which are being held in things like public libraries, I don't even know if they cost any money, are there to to teach kids about programming and using the Raspberry Pi and stuff like that. And that seems like a much better, cooler thing to take your kid to than, uh, than a third-party Fortnite convention. Uh, agreed. Um, having, having taken kids to a a microsoft development event in the past that was free and in a, in a public library i can tell you that you know there's a lot more to to get out of that so and the chances of it letting letting you down far lower
This week's news from the tubes in F5 Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or let these guys do it for you because, you know, they're the professionals. The, uh, the guys who used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000 are back and doing what they do best, making fun of movies from blockbusters to B-movies. They've got it all. Uh, like The Sorcerer's Apprentice, which I've been watching the trailer for, and it looks ridiculous. Um, the way it usually works is for a couple of bucks, you download the, D the MP3, you play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever the movie happens to exist, and laugh. From time to time, they do some live events, they try to mix it up. The Kickstarter, I mentioned two weeks ago that we would hear about the Kickstarter soon, it is live right now. The, the movies for 2019 will be The Giant Spider Invasion, Star Raiders, and Octoman. I don't even know what to do with this rubber mask in the screenshot. Um, <laughs> they've also got short films, industry films, things like that. And to find out all of the content that's available, you can go to f5live.tv slash rifttracks with an X. Oh, there's that other one that I saw a couple weeks ago that has to go away now. Anyway, okay, um... We know that over the last couple of years, you know, as as privacy concerns, as we talked at the beginning of the show, as privacy concerns have increased, um, more and more people are are trying VPNs to uh, obfuscate their their internet usage from services like Facebook and Google and and the like. Um, well, apparently, Facebook purchased a VPN a number of years ago. I want to say 2013. Yes, in 2013, they purchased a VPN called uh, Anavo Protect. And um, they have been, in fairness, openly, uh, it's in the, in the product description. They have openly been uh, tracking your usage through there instead. <laughs> so if you used the VPN, if you downloaded it, say, on... Android or iOS, and you used it uh, on your device, somewhere in the description, it mentioned that it tracked all of your stuff and and kept it at Facebook for all of the reasons that Facebook likes to track you. Um, but, you know, Abram, you and I know how many people actually read the details of, of an app before they download it. Nobody gets past the first paragraph. If it's below the expand on, on Android, nobody sees it. All right, we can't hear you. I was going to say go. zero. Exactly. A big goose egg zero. Uh, nobody read. Nobody reads these details. Yeah. So so very few people were probably aware of exactly what was going on here. Um, last year, Apple became aware of what was happening and actually banned the app from the App Store. And um, this week. Facebook, who obviously is the other company who is in the the uh, privacy crosshairs with Google right now, um, they're probably the the two that the watchdogs are on the hardest right now. Uh, Facebook pulled the app from the Google Play Store, officially making it a non-entity. Uh, the website still exists and has links to both of the apps that no longer do. Uh, they're both they both four oh four. Um, but we have a link to the archived Google Play, 
uh, where it does where it does disclose that it uh, it's you know tracking you. But again, nobody nobody reads more than the first sentence. There's the little uh, read more on Android. If it's below that line, I guarantee nobody's ever seen it. Um, and interestingly, interestingly, this is not the first time that Facebook has had a VPN in the Android store that has openly uh, collected the information of the people using the VPN, thereby uh, totally invalidating the point of having a VPN. <laughs> but uh, there, there was something called uh, Facebook Research, which was not distributed through Google Play, but was available on Android, um, where they actually paid people to use this VPN and uh, track their information. And they got in a lot of trouble for it because they were um, especially interested in the uh, browsing habits of teenagers, which we all know, depending on where you are, is on very shaky legal ground. Yeah, no question. So uh, Facebook research has also been uh, shut down. They are this week. They are no longer taking new uh, new members, but. Uh, members that are currently in it can continue to get paid per month to, uh, to, I guess, track your internet behavior. It's so weird to me. What about you, yeah. Abram? Isn't it, isn't that, isn't it a strange behavior for a VPN? Yes, but I guess there is a, uh, there is a point that this brings up, which is that any VPN, any company that runs a VPN could be could spying be. on you with it. Sure. So you not only have to, uh, feel that you don't trust, uh, your ISP or the people around you uh -huh. intercepting and your traffic. You have to, to trust whoever is running the VPN. Right. Yeah. There, there's a lot of trust that's put into VPNs. Um, you know, sure, are some people using VPNs to make it look like their IP address is coming from another country so they can use Netflix in Europe? Yes. But it's not the majority of users. Now, it's usually, I mean, I'll, the, the yes, that is one thing that people use VPN for, but the main purpose that people use VPN for is, um, is trying to protect themselves, protect their privacy. Uh, and by the way, uh, some one of the things that is very interesting is some of the uh, VPN providers really, really cater to people who want to be off the grid mm -hmm. in in a way. So, like, uh, I forget the name of it. There's one that will accept cash in the mail or something, so you don't have to even pay them by electronic me trackable means. Wow, that is, that right there is fascinating. <laughs> And there are others that are like, well, you know, here's here's the country that we're based in, so we don't have to hear the government, you know, uh -huh. we're not beholden to this particular government or, or whatever. So sure. there's a lot of, I mean, wow. people can be very, very obsessed about that. Uh -huh. uh, my colleague, Paul Wagonseal, who's security editor for Tom's Guide, our sister site uh, where I work, uh, is has done a lot of uh, a lot of research on this and it's really fascinating when you see that one of the things is really that like people people 
you have to know that you can trust the VPN. Right. Because the users of a VPN range everywhere, everything from, you know, the, the simplest, which is I want to watch Netflix from Europe through the tinfoil hats. Like, they're, all, all of those people have, have their own personal uses for, for VPNs. And I guess, you know, ex- accepting payments and cash in the mail is definitely more on the tinfoil hat side of side of the customer base but but you know they saw a market and went for it so good for them yeah so (laughs) it's really you 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 have to keep uh you have to keep an eye yeah on uh on who your vpn is sure and a vpn owned by facebook is certainly like you have to know why they've got it Here's the thing, though. I would have thought – I understand people being suckered by this because I would have thought that a large public company like Facebook would be the most likely to do things in a straightforward way because they're under the microscope. And you know, whereas if I'm talking to like a, a VPN company that's based out of like – Switzerland, uh-huh. and they only have three servers. Yeah, then right. I'm kind of relying on on their on their word that they're not spying on me. Whereas I would expect that because they're subject to scrutiny, Facebook wouldn't uh, would do this. It, but I would be wrong. It's a subsidiary of a subsidiary kind of a scenario, I bet. And uh, you know, because the company existed before 2013, they bought the thing and kept the service name, so they just added clarification to their to their app uh, description that said, "Oh yeah, by the way, uh, all of your all of your browsing is tracked and stored by Facebook." <laughs> I mean, they were technically, I suppose, from a legal standpoint, they were open about it. They just were not. Um, What's the other open and notorious? They weren't notorious about it, but they were def- they were open about it. I don't know. It's it's definitely like if if you are one of the 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 tinfoil guys, this definitely feeds into your narrative. But a lot of what Facebook does feeds into your narrative. I would I would imagine if you live in a Faraday cage, most of <laughs> most of the things that Facebook does almost certainly feeds into your narrative because they seem to be the poster child for what not to do to maintain consumer trust. <laughs> anyway, both of these VPNs are gone, so eh, if you were if you were using it though, okay, here's the thing. If you were using this Onavo Protect VPN before they pulled it. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Get us on social media um, at Plunkett's Live, uh, basically anywhere that you are. Um, get at us. We would love to know whether or not you knew uh, that you had read the the details of what was going on uh, because we're very curious about that, I think. So definitely let us know.
This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is probably powered by Amazon Prime. You know your basic features, you know you get free shipping, sometimes two days, sometimes same day, uh, in some cases two hours. Uh, but you may not know some of the other cool stuff that you get. Like Amazon Prime Music, which is several million tracks available as part of your subscription uh, to stream at no extra cost. Plus, you get a discount on on uh, Amazon Music if you want the, the full music catalog. In addition, there's Avram's favorite, which is uh, Prime Video, where there's all kinds of content, movies, TV shows, documentaries, original content and licensed. Uh, even some of the HBO back catalog is on there. And then there's my favorite, which is Twitch Prime, where you get one free subscription on Twitch, which you can use to subscribe to us at Plug Hits Live or any other uh, Twitch channel that you're interested in. And you get free games and free in-game content. Um, you get free games that are yours to keep. Plus, like if you're a Warframe player, there's Warframe content. Uh, now that Anthem's out, I believe there's Anthem content. There's all kinds of stuff that you get uh, for free for those games as well. And uh, we've made it easy. We've compiled some of our favorite features into one place with links so that you can get to them easily. Um, and if you're not a member, we've got a 30-day free trial. And all of that is available by going to f5live.tv slash prime. Apparently when I fixed the music halfway through, I made it so loud it nearly blew my headphones off. Anyway, <laughs> so music has been fun this episode. If you're watching live, I apologize. Anyway, um, we talk about this from time to time um, because things happen all the time. Big changes have come to YouTube. Uh, some of them good and some of them bad. Uh, let's start with the good stuff, and we'll deal with the bad thing, the weird thing at the end. The first is uh, one of the biggest complaints for people who create content like us on YouTube is the strike system. About 80% of all channels on YouTube will ever, will only ever receive one strike in the entire existence of the channel. But <laughs> when you get that first strike, you lose the ability to live stream for 90 days, which we can attest to because we've we've gotten uh, strikes because our videos have music in them from the background of CES or whatever stupidity happens. Um, but, you know, if you're just walking through Target and you film a thing and you put it on YouTube, you could potentially get a strike because of the background music in the Target. So, uh, starting now, uh, the... The new policy is your first uh, policy violation will no longer uh, get you a strike. Instead, it will get you a warning. So those 80% of channels who ever only have one problem will never receive a strike, which is great. Um, I think that'll, that'll keep uh, new channels more engaged because there's nothing... There's nothing more discouraging than starting a channel and getting really excited about it and then having YouTube smack you for something that you may not have even had control over. So I think this is going to be a, a good thing for new creators, myself. What do you think, Abram? Can't hear you. I think anything to make the process more fair 
because yeah. there are people who have been who have been kicked off of YouTube for very little, uh-huh. or worse, been demonetized mm-hmm. for very little. So, you know, making the process more fair to people who are trying to do the right thing with their channels makes a lot of sense. While at the same time, making sure that if people are doing doing really bad things, that you are able to get them off the service. Right, for sure, because because. It's only your first strike that will no longer be a strike. After that, you will still be uh, bound by by the strike system. So if you if you have background music and they hit you for it, or you know whatever, the second time you'll still get your strike. You'll still lose live streaming for ninety days. You'll still have problems with monetization and all the things that come with with being hit with a strike. All of that will continue to exist. They're really just trying to keep encouragement for that 80% of people who only only receive one thing, and it's usually a nonsense strike. So I think this is a really good thing. Now, you mentioned monetization, and our second topic has something to do with monetization, at least partially. Um, YouTube has had a problem with... Um, let's say semi-illicit content uh, and not necessarily on the content creator's side. It's not necessarily because of something happening, something happening from the, uh, the actual content creators. It could be the way people respond to it. Well, uh, the, the situation in, in particular here is that, um, some users, boy, it's hard to hard to talk about this and not get hit by the content filter on YouTube. Um, there has been an issue where if you uh, go down a, a, a particular rabbit hole, and it's very easy, it used to be very easy to get trapped in it. Um, there's a video that we've linked to uh, on the, the website. It's a video by, um, by somebody who, who documented it in detail. Uh, basically, what he did was he, he jumped on a VPN, not the Facebook one, but a different one, and uh, created a new Google account. He went to YouTube and uh, searched for uh, Bikini Hall. And, you know, a number of videos came up of, you know, attractive girls in their 20s trying on bikinis they had bought from from a store that day. Whatever. Well, he clicks on that. He clicks on a second one, and the third video that comes up is uh, a video of a young girl in a bikini. Well, as soon as he's there, once you're there, things devolve very quickly based on YouTube's algorithm, who try that tries to take the things that you've watched and find other things that it thinks you'll want to see. He calls it a wormhole, and it's probably a pretty great term because once you're there, once he was on the third video, YouTube would not recommend anything else. Um, and, you know, okay, that that's an issue, but it's not the issue. The issue comes in with the comments that were happening in the uh, on the video where uh, people were using it to spread other content or to make questionable reference to the video itself. Um, 
you know, because if you're dealing with a an eight year old girl doing a video about her her Barbie collection, she happens to be in a skirt. At some point, she's going to sit in a position that's not ideal. Well, they will they they would put uh, timestamps in the comments, so all you had to do was click on it, and it would go to that part of the video, things like that. And then they would put links to things off site. We'll leave it at that. Um, so YouTube has, thankfully, YouTube has gotten involved um, after advertisers got involved. They've been aware of this problem for a while, but advertisers got involved and said they were going to pull out of, of advertising on the site. And we're talking big sponsors. Epic pulled Fortnite advertising from YouTube. We're talking big dollar advertisers said, we're done until you solve this. And so YouTube solved it. They went through and they turned commenting off on a huge number of videos to start with. Um, they have also adjusted the algorithm so that the wormhole does not exist. I can tell you um, from the time that, that he did the video to the time I wrote the article, which was only like three days, um, I tried to follow, literally, I tried to follow his path. The wormhole did not exist. Um, I could not get myself trapped in it. In fact, I couldn't even find the videos that he was referencing. Um, even in a, in a direct search, I couldn't find them. So they've definitely pushed those videos down. They've turned off commenting. Um, they have demonetized those videos uh, if they were. And um, they have fixed the algorithm. So good for YouTube for... Uh, for recognizing this, finally responding to this problem, um, I think, honestly, I think this is a great, a, like a great solution uh, from them to a problem that was terrible, and based entirely on the looks that Avram was giving while I was describing the wormhole, I'm gonna guess you agree with me on that. Yeah, well, I, I'm just kind of disgusted yeah. hearing about it. Uh, it sounds like an episode of Law and Order SVU, only mm -hmm. more, a little more complicated than the plot on that. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know. I mean, it's. Uh, I, it also made me think about. Uh, I think maybe they've improved themselves in the last few months, but uh, how many people remember? Do you remember the situation with Bing a few months ago with uh, the? Uh, Mm -hmm. The bigoted content on Bing coming up as suggestions. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, like, you would search for, you know, you, you would get some really bad stuff if you searched for Jews or you searched for Muslims uh -huh. or whatever. You would get you would get some really, some really horrible stuff as suggestions. So, yeah, agree. Uh, I definitely remember that. I, I mean, this I, it's it's in a somewhat of a similar vein in that it's recommend. Well, actually, this the the one I think was a little worse because you could, you, well, I don't know. I mean, I think they're both the case where you could be looking for something legit, uh huh, something innocuous, down, innocuous, and then end up down the wormhole of uh -huh. of stuff that is that is illicit. Yeah, and now now granted, you know the. The link from from uh, an image search for for the term Jews, which is technically not, you know, it's 
Jewish people, the term Jews is <laughs> a little odd. But, you know, if you start there, you know, the connection to to the Holocaust is a natural one. And then, you know, Holocaust deniers is a semi-nat... Like, I can see how that... How an AI algorithm ends up going down that rabbit hole. I yeah. don't understand how you go from a video of of an adult trying on a bathing suit to this content so quickly. It was legitimately, it was the third video. And he was there. And once he was there, there was no way out. See, I think one thing that this teaches you is that the AI is probably being influenced by the behavior uh -huh. of other users. Absolutely, and it is. so there are a bunch of there are a bunch of pedophiles uh -huh. who are who who clicked who went from one from one set of videos to you know uh -huh. to the other, right? And the recommendation was saying, oh. This is what other users like you uh -huh. were looking for. Other people who l watched this video also watched these videos. And, you know, yeah. if the third video was a girl trying on bathing suits that she had gotten at the store that day, you know, that connection to the second video is pretty natural. And then once you're there, you're in the wormhole. And, ooh, it was... Uh, it was an interesting video to watch. Um, he detailed it, it like the it. It's a great video. He did a great job detailing the problem. He's not the first one to do it, um, but he's the one who finally got people's attention. So you know what? Whatever. You don't have to be the first to market. Just the loudest one there, sometimes yeah, it, to get it done. It's just. Uh... It's it's disgusting, but it's it's easy to see how how a system could recommend something because yeah. they're looking at other patterns of user behavior. Sure, and uh, it and it you know it it explains real quickly why uh why Tay, the uh the chatbot on Twitter, uh went racist racist real quick. Yes, so unfortunately, <laughs> what we're learning here is there are a lot of horrible people in this world. Indeed. Uh, and they, and they and tend bigots. to be and they tend to be incredibly active online and they are and our AIs are learning from them yes and that is really bad you know but I guess that kind of tells you like with you deep learning where's the learning coming from uh-huh yeah, one of the things that you find out is that, you know, with deep learning is that it uh, it exposes some things that some wounds that you may not ever realize existed, at least not in the uh, the quantity that they do. Right. I mean, you know, are you going to take a self-driving car? Are you going to have a self-driving car uh, that deep learns from watching some other regular people drive? That might be it might not drive so well. Right. So, That's true. That's true. You would definitely have to be careful whose driving patterns you are watching. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it's a sad fact of life that there's a lot of disgusting people on the Internet. And so people who are programming services like YouTube have to figure out how they program in something, some type of exception uh -huh. for 
for stuff that is immoral in some way. Yeah, to be because, prepared for this kind of thing. Because the, the natural instinct when you're designing that program is to have it recommend stuff that other people who watched that video also watched. Mm-hmm. Yep. But so, but then you end up creating these wormholes right? into a version of YouTube that most people have no idea existed. Right. And are happier course, that way. So, you know, the concept of giving you stuff that other people wanted when you, you know, that you looked at. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense and works everywhere. Like you're on Amazon and it says other people who, who viewed this item also viewed these items. Like, yeah, that people, makes sense. People who bought this TV also bought this mount and this HDMI cable. Right. Great. Like it, it's, it's, that's a, that's a, that's a win for everyone. It's yes. a win for the, it's a win for YouTube or Amazon or whoever is trying to direct you to another resource. Mm-hmm. It's a win for the user. Unfortunately, uh, you've got some sleazy users who are uh, who are teaching uh, teaching the teaching the AI the worst habits. Yeah, a, a secondary set of behaviors that but that are apparently so strong that they uh, the this Matt said it was impossible to get out of. Once you were in it, you were in it. it in three clicks, hit the the new Google account had been ruined. Probably forever. So, I mean, that's yeah, you, you, you've at least got to admit that it's obviously a very dedicated small group that that was able to ruin a Google account in three clicks. That that is a heck of a thing right there to have such such regular behavior from a small group that you were able to ruin a Google account in three clicks. That's. But luckily, luckily, Google has fixed it. YouTube has fixed it, though. Like I said, I have tried. I tried to go down the wormhole to try and follow exactly the path that he followed, and I could not replicate it even close to. So Google definitely they didn't just claim to have responded to the problem. They did legitimately respond to it, and they did seem to fix it because I spent about an hour and a half trying to ruin a Google account, and I couldn't. So, good for YouTube. That's a, that was a good move. Um, I guess the last topic is is not all that important in the grand scheme of things. Uh, in addition to Flat Earth, uh, Google has decided that... Um, what was the new one? Uh, anti-vax... Uh, content can no longer be monetized or recommended, which is Google going down that censorship path. But you know what? In the grand scheme of things, they fixed this problem this week. I'm not all that worried about them uh, (laughs) demonetizing another category of content. So I think we're good. (laughs) Yeah, well, I can also see that there's a business reason to demonetize some of those. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand. You know, if you've got if you've got advertisers or uh, or users who are unhappy with it, and you know, at some point you respond to to your community. So, um, well, that is our show. Uh, thank you to those of you who joined us live. We appreciate it. Uh, if you didn't, 
and you want to in the future at 5live.tv slash join us Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, if you're not able to join us live, that is okay. Plughitslive.com slash subscribe. You can see this show and all of our series there. And so uh, you can subscribe to all of our shows on your favorite platform, whether it be on YouTube or Apple Podcasts or wherever you want. Um, before we go, I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, Team Duct Tape, who uh, some of our team has been a member of or uh, has mentored, who has had a slow couple of years the last couple of seasons, but this weekend made it to the World Championships for First Tech Challenge. So congratulations, Team Duct Tape. That's awesome. You guys have have really recovered from from the last couple of seasons and we're we're really proud of you guys and uh cannot wait to see what you do at the world championships and uh so congratulations and with that on behalf of the staff that's not here i'm scott i'm Avram, and we will see you guys back next time ciao